Welcome to Grip Lock Foundation's weekly disc golf podcast. I'm Trevor, joined today by Connor. Hello. Um, Hunter is gone again. He just left us. He went on vacation. He left from the beach to go to the beach. <laughs> Typical Hunter stuff. Um, so it's just us today. We don't even have Silas. So it's just going to be the two-man squad. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, though. We're going to recap. Last th- time it was just the two of us. I think that it went down in history as the best grip locked episode ever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> right. Um, Everybody in the comments loved, loved us. Loved it. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we're going to recap the Sula Open <laughs> that went down. We're going to talk a little bit about the President's Cup. We're not going to preview the European Open because that's going to happen uh, later this week. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the Euro Tour situation that's been brought to my attention. We're going to talk a little bit about our Charleston trip. Um, we can't spoil anything, but we can talk a little bit about the courses and everything. Uh, we're going to have some trivia. It's going to be great. And we're um, going to fact check every single thing we say. So smart. And yes. And before we do all that, though, we're going to have a quick word from our friends over at Manscaped. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got Bush. You definitely do if you haven't tried our best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your brand new bush-free yard. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code GRIPLOCKED for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package is a lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is the bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to the ceramic braid blade and advanced skin safe technology you got no need for night vision goggles this trimmer has an led light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark the second best tool in the performance package is the weed whacker this fine tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose hairs are under control you can also instantly add some pep in your step with the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver spray on toner With the performance package purchase, you also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag with the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. Um, You get the Shed Travel Bag and the boxers, and the boxers are amazing, by the way. I could have used them this past week. I didn't have them in Charleston. It hurt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They also have a bunch of other products on their website to help you maximize your confidence and grooming game. Just remember, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping with our code GRIPLOCKED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with our code GRIPLOCKED at manscaped.com. Make sure to check it out. All right, so we're going to start with the PCS Sula Open. This was in Norway. That's how they say it, right? Yeah. Norway. Um, this is the first, That's how it's said. the first of the European events that we're headed into. Uh, this was just a silver series, but, you know, still kind of a big deal. The field, the field wasn't uh, crazy strong. A lot of players um, stayed back and didn't make the trip over to Europe yet, but there were still some notable players that we'll talk about. Um, the event ended up being pretty solid in general. Just to recap, we have uh, the MPO. We had Greg Barsby taking it down. The Viking uh, himself. The Viking himself. He finished at 15 under par, um, but ended up winning in a playoff. Um, so it wasn't outright. He he won over Jakob Saramad, um, or Semerad. I think that's how it would be. It's definitely Jakob. <laughs> I, I got that part. I made sure that part was correct. Um, he was also at 15 under. He lost in the playoff to Greg. Uh, you then had Jonah Heinenen at 12 under, and then some other notable finishes. Uh, coming in fourth, you had James Conrad at 10 under par. Um, Calvin Heimberg at eight under par uh, came tied fifth. Uh, Kevin Jones tied with Calvin at fifth as well at eight under par. Um, so those were those were some of the other notable names there. Um, so it was not at all an empty field that Greg Barsby beat. No, I no, mean, there were notable names there. No, yeah, Barsby Barsby had good players to beat. Um, 
just kind of kind of the talk about how it all went this golf park basically um they played four it was a four-round event they played at two different courses they started at vassett uh, disc golf park and then uh, Overaz disc golf park. Obviously, these are all you know Scandinavian pronunciations, so I'm sure they're going to be butchered. But <laughs> that's the English pronunciation version of them. Um, so they started one and two at Vassett and three and four at Overaz. Uh, both courses kind of unique to what we've been seeing on the Pro Tour. They're only a par 61 and 62. Um, both of them over 8,000 feet, um, but a lot shorter than what we've seen. Uh, I believe the the last few events I, I checked were, were well above that distance wise and in par, uh, typically on the pro tour these days, we're seeing a lot more of like the par four and par five, heavy courses, longer distances. Um, Portland open was like over 11,000 feet just mm. for a little bit of reference. So these courses were a bit of a change. It was kind of refreshing to see, um, I thought they would get shredded just when I first had looked at the courses before the event started. But what happened was a, you have that, that Scandinavian weather was was kind of acting up. There was quite a bit of wind, especially in that final round that was making every shot a bit more perilous. Um, and then also they used really good, really well-placed OB, I thought, um, especially on the second course. Um, it was tight everywhere, and there was a lot of, like, little trees around the fairways. It almost, some of the fairways almost reminded me of, like, an opened-up version of what we saw at Idlewild, um, hmm. the previous event. Um where there's just a lot of like little trees that you could take awful kicks on. I mean, there's a lot of people who are throwing shots right to the middle of the fairway and then kicking way OB. Uh, so that that is kind of what took down the scoring a bit. You were seeing a lot of fluctuating scores, people that were getting into the tournament. James Conrad uh, came out hot, um, playing the course blind, I believe he said, <laughs> uh, and then kind of fell off. Eric Oakley popped off one round, got into the mix, fell off. Um but Greg Barsby and Jakob both had pretty solid tournaments overall. They kind of kept their scores up um, and ended up being, it was kind of just a two horse race at the end there. Um, they went back and forth in the final round. Um, round started and, and Jakob, a younger player, pretty, pretty dominant player. You know, he looks like he's had a lot of success looking at his PDGA profile over there um, in some of the European events. Um, but definitely young, a little looked a little bit uh, nervy and unpolished early mm-hmm. in the round, um, and so he kind of he kind of started off shaky. Greg Barsby came in, you know, had the experience, was able to get things under control, and kind of had a lead. But then on the back nine, Jakob started making a ton of birdies, really storming back. Greg Barsby had some slip ups. That hole thirteen was a was a two stroke swing where he took a five, and Jakob took a three. Um, and, and that's where things really started to shift. Yeah, it was whole 13, um, and ended up going to a playoff, but before it got to the playoff, um, hole 17 Barsby had a throw in opportunity for birdie. He was running baskets all day. He had made a bunch of like long putts, especially early in the round to kind of keep himself where he was. And then hole 17, I would say, I mean, he was, he it was a good putter Chuck. I mean, he was probably, probably like 150 away from the basket throws Mm -hmm. one the wind's kind of touching it but it's right on the basket the whole time hits slightly high dead center and spits right out of the basket Mm. so there might not even be an electric time to be there yeah yeah it was i it looked in for everybody um the baskets were honestly kind of a story in that last round because Jakob had like this crazy strong spin putt that he was using mm-hmm. the whole round. Uh, I don't know if like it was just because of the wind. He was like really putting some oomph on it, but he was like throwing lasers and he spit out hard at least twice. I saw like, mm. and one of them was like, 
practically a tap in, like just straight off the pole because he he threw it so hard. Dang. Um, but yeah, the baskets kind of became their own story. It's so interesting. I think when baskets get involved, like I feel like lately it's been disc catchers too because this was these were disc catchers that were on this course. Um, I, it's interesting to see like what people take side as far as the commentary team, like what commentary teams take side of the players, and some are like which ones will like admit that the putt wasn't perfect yeah. because we, I mean, we've always had the discussion for so long on like, what is a perfect putt mm-hmm. and what isn't. And these ones, I, I don't know. The, the bars we throw in might've been the most criminal. It was just a little bit high though. So it's, but it's like, I don't know. Do you think baskets like need to be better? Cause I, I feel like they do. <laughs> I feel like that has been, I feel like we've been hearing a lot about baskets this year. Yeah. And that makes me think that well, not even just not even just the baskets themselves, but what they're wrapping around the bottom of them is becoming yeah, a thing. that's very true. I, I don't know. I definitely, I definitely uh, share the opinion of baskets should be uh, more consistent. As in, like, not just like obviously baskets working better would be great too. But as in, like, from term, tournament to tournament on the pro tour, they should be using the same baskets. Yeah, I, I feel th- I feel like it, it's pretty unprofessional that there's a different style basket at each pro tour stop. Yeah, I think it makes complete sense. And I think, I mean, even the pros agree with this. I think, I want to say Drew Gibson said something about it not too long ago. Um, but it, there's it's no secret that it, it, even if there are imperfections in a basket, we can, like the pro tour would be able to learn them if it was the same basket every week. Mm-hmm. And they'd be able to adjust and be like, okay, I know that kind of putt isn't going to go in. That one's not going to catch. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I feel like I speak, a, it's like learning a whole other language when you're like trying to figure out how each basket works and yeah. like I've, yeah, yeah. cause I've played them all now or most of them. And it's like, okay, on a prodigy basket, you want to go hard dead center. Like some of the other baskets will catch the edge really well. Like the mock X's. Mm-hmm. If it's like a mock five, you just kind of pray yeah. <laughs> that it goes in. What is your, you're playing a tournament. Yeah. What baskets are you wanting to play into? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I've always been like, Disc catchers to me are always the ones I'm most confident putting at, but they also have some of the worst spit throughs mm-hmm. and spit outs of any basket. It's just, it's, it's less rare, but when it happens, it literally just happened to me during foundation versus the nation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. went directly Oof. through the basket pro that was side a tough one, but that wasn't a, that wasn't a, um, that was a disc catcher. That was one of the ones that was an actual disc catcher. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were some temp baskets on that course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So yeah, that those baskets, and I ha- I've seen it happen a lot where the, they just get ones where it either gets vertical and spits straight through, or they just shoots them right out, mm-hmm. and like pretty good putts. So it's it's tough for me to say. I, I mean, mock X's are really good, but I think they're too good. I, I think that like as in they catch too much. Yeah, they catch too many putts because you don't want throws. the basket to be too forgiving. Yeah, I mean, I've always, honestly, at the pro level, like I've always been in favor of either taking the circle outwards or shrinking the basket. I think putting should be harder at the pro level because I think they've gotten really good on like step putts are like so unfair. Um, but I, yeah. I always like I always feel like I have the the least amount of problems with. The discraft, the, what the chain oh, stars? Oh, the chain stars. I I feel like I have few problems with them. Yeah, the newer chain stars. I mean, like think about New London. Yeah, I don't say, think I've ever felt like there was a problem with those baskets. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I guess chain stars. I don't know. I don't usually think about them, but because they're not quite as common, but especially the new version. Yeah, because the old ones. Whew, 
at, yeah. uh, over there at Falling Creek. I mean, we've seen some pretty yeah, bad ones yeah. on those. But yeah, I think I think those are definitely solid baskets. I don't know. I think disc catchers have always been the perfect combination. Like they just look very hittable to me. Like they always, yeah. look, I always feel confident putting on them. I think that my like for some reason I don't really have a good reason for this, but I always get excited about veteran baskets. Oh, see, that's oof. I know. I know that's really yeah, weird, but for is, some reason, whenever I look at a veteran basket, I feel the most like it feels like I'm going to make the putt. I don't know. You why. must have good history on them because people maybe hate veteran maybe baskets. I don't they know. Have some they just feel big. Outs. They feel big to me. Really? Yeah. I saw they seem kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it looks different to everybody's eyes. Yeah. It's just, it's all perspective. At the end of the day though, I do think that the pro tour should open. I mean, for me, it's almost a no brainer because I mean, they have to, and then you just sell a basket sponsor for the entire year. Right. So like you have, it could change year to year. I bet. I think I'd be okay with that. Well, yeah. I mean, they can, and they could do a bid for like a certain amount of years too, like whatever. Mm. Um, I think they should probably, whatever they do, they should do at least three years to like give it some time but yeah. i i yeah it is i guess it's one of those situations where maybe obviously they're worried about the logistics of traveling like taking baskets with them mm-hmm. um but i feel like there should be quite a bit of money in a basket sponsorship like yeah although maybe as a basket company you don't want to because maybe you don't want to be that person because Let's say you're Innova, you buy that right, and now your basket is the only one being out scrutinized there. every exactly. week. Exactly. So every week, people are only going to see the spit outs on but your basket. But also, baskets. everybody's only buying your baskets because they know they're the ones they need to practice on, though, because they're the mm. ones on tour. So, so it's, it's double edged sword. Yeah. You just got to have good baskets. Yeah. Well, and I always like, I really do think that there needs to be more like, I never really, you don't really hear about like people developing new baskets and like, the process behind it and like what kind of science is going into mm-hmm. it they kind of just like we put chains in new spots and like yeah. probably tested it by throwing discs at it but like mm-hmm. is there really a lot of science going into it i don't know but or if you're prodigy you just practice by throwing full power drives into yeah, it they're like you can drive a prius into this thing yeah. and catch it <laughs> they, just, they just strapped a bulletproof vest it's just chain mail all around the whole thing <laughs> yeah and it was uh yeah baskets baskets are definitely it's going to happen soon, though, I think. I think it will. I think like enough people have talked about it now that I think the Pro Tour is going to figure it out. Um, but they were definitely they were definitely being a little bit frisky. One one of the more notable baskets at that course is Hole 18. At the second course, Hole 18 is on top of a tractor, um, which is pretty sick. Um, I guess the reason is, is because like that. that course used to be on... Um, farmland cool so it's like kind of paying heritage to that that's very cool which is pretty like neat that. that course so that uh both courses were gorgeous uh i think every time we get to watch european disc golf at a high level it's a privilege because the parks out there are just absolutely gorgeous disc golf park does a really good job with designing courses in the first place but mm-hmm. then the terrain and landscape it just isn't the same out there it's just yeah. different they're usually in more remote locations because it's not so bunched in out there mm-hmm um, and the courses are just taken care of so well. Uh, I mean, this over is, I'm, I'm going to butcher that pronounce, pronunciation every time, but, um, that course that is ranked number four in the world, uh, it said the pay to play, it's pay to play, but the fee translated to us dollars is like six bucks, I think which oh, is yeah, for the day. That's totally, that's yeah. totally fine. So not bad at all. And I mean, it was just in pristine condition. Like mm-hmm. it's just, Oh, so gorgeous. They had it mowed really well. I mean, you're looking into mountain views all over the place. That's very cool. The weather did look pretty choppy though. Everybody was bundled up. It was really weird seeing people dressed that warm because it was, <laughs> it was a pretty cold and breezy out there. Um, 
But yeah, uh, some other takeaways from the event for the MPO. Um, Kevin Jones, he had a chance to win. He was in, in it in the last round. And he just kind of looked like he has been. I, I don't want to like turn this into like a Kevin Jones bashing podcast, but he just kind of looked unpolished and just threw some like really bad shots hmm. towards the end of the round. His, he still, his putt just didn't look super confident. Um, and you can, t- I think it's really starting to frustrate him because you know it's although it's funny uh, the the commentary team i was listening to they they were calling him like the young superstar i feel like there's like a dis, <laughs> there's like a disconnect between like the guys that follow the euro tour probably because yeah. like they don't realize kevin jones like is not really doing so hot lately yeah, yeah um other really important thing especially for this podcast is the trophy was I'll be darned if it isn't the coolest trophy in existence in disc golf. It was an axe. And you can yeah, give him a shield so as well. Sick. Um, but the axe looked like authentic. It looked like I saw a picture of Greg Barzi holding it like face on. So you mm-hmm. could see the edge of the blade. And I was like, that could kill somebody. Like I wonder, could, it'd be cool if it was like, if it was like made by like a master Smith or something like that. Yeah. It would, surprise me. It would not surprise me if it was. Yeah. I mean, it was a super cool, really sweet trophy. So nice touch there. He, he's won a couple cool trophies because he got the hockey jersey at the Minnesota Majestic, which was like really unique. And now he's got the Viking axe. So child greg barsby for getting all the cool trophies um <laughs> so the other thing with the sula open fpo field we're not really going to talk about because there was only six women playing in the fpo division uh no notable players from the pro tour were there however i will mention uh the top three we had i'm surprised i guess this is pronounced anakin <laughs> big star wars fans out there <laughs> uh, anakin steen uh took first place followed by rachel turton and katarina stalazen um, this is notable though, because the top two there both got throw pink women's disc golf championship spots. So spots were up for grab and they were able to That's qualify. Sweet. So yeah, that was cool. Uh, I'm honestly surprised. Um, none of the women from the pro tour made the trip out there at all, but you know, they're lost cause those courses looked sick. Um, moving on, we're not really going to talk. Like I said, we're not really going to mention anything about the uh, European Open quite yet in this episode of Grip Lock because we're going to have a preview show uh, like we typically do. Mm-hmm. But we are going to talk a little bit about the President's Cup because I feel like the President's Cup has, slide, has slid underneath the radar a little bit. Um, the President's Cup is essentially like if you follow golf, it's like the Ryder Cup or they, I believe they also have a President's Cup that they do every uh, two years. Um, this will be the 10th one ever. It's obviously been a while since it's also been a while since the European Open has been mm-hmm. hosted. Um, but it's like a point uh, event kind of special all-star challenge type thing where it's a Team USA versus a uh, Team Europe. Um, I've got the rosters here. Uh, Team USA is notably undefeated. Um, although it's funny because like back in the day, there was always only like two European players you knew. Like mm-hmm. way back, it would be like, okay, there's UC. And then like a little bit more for it, be like, okay, like Seppo's yeah. in there. And then it was like Simon was, was mm-hmm. always like, and KJ Naibo would like be in there. Um, but the European roster is definitely getting better. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read off the teams and we, so we can kind of, you know, get a, get a preview at it. We have team USA first. So the captain this year is big germ, Jeremy Coling. Nice. Um, I, I did vote for him to be the captain. So I was pretty happy that that Sick. went through. Uh, but then we have Katrina Allen, Adam Hammes, Calvin Heinberg, Paul McBeth, Eagle McMahon, Paige Pierce, Ricky Wysocki, James Conrad. And then there's two reserve players, which are Kevin Jones and Kona Starpanis. So it is notable that Kevin Jones, unless there's an injury of some sort, will not get to 
try and relive the KJ USA nickname. Mm. That's tough. That is a tough scene for nicknames. So I n- open this section of the podcast um, for you to give him new nickname suggestions. New nicknames for okay. Because if you can't be Kevin KJ Jones. USA, that's tough. Mm. How about? Well, I think that I mean. DJ KJ right. is, is an obvious one. That's I was gonna say. I that's, think that's, that's that's a smooth transition because it's been very relevant lately. Yeah. So DJ KJ will be a good one. Not quite as like cool necessarily. Like having USA in your nickname. Oh yeah, that's pretty intense. That's basically that on level intense. on par with Captain America. Um, but I think <laughs> I think it's gonna have to be DJ KJ. It's gonna have to be DJ KJ. So he if he can get the memo and start switching that over with his kind of branding, he's gonna need to apparently. Um, unless somebody gets hurt, you never know. Um, but Team Europe this year, we have Captain KJ Nibo. Oh, yes. Yeah, pretty electric. That's great. We then have Nicholas Antia, Lori Lentinen, Simon Lazat, Vino Makella. Oh, so Simon is playing for for Europe then. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how that, I don't know how that works with That's like crazy because he is a U.S. resident. Well, in so the interesting thing I don't know I mean I doubt the rules are that sophisticated I, for yeah, this. They're probably like, oh yeah, you're born in Germany. Of course you can play for. Or they're just like, oh, you want to? That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Paul could probably play for Team Europe if he wanted to. Um, but like in soccer, the way it works is a lot of players are born in one country, but then. Mm-hmm will get citizenship in another country because they played there for so long. Mm-hmm. And usually um, you have a you have a choice whether to play for your birth country or wherever your citizenship is. Hmm. Um, it happens notably a lot. There's a lot of decisions usually made around the U.S. team because obviously we're the melting pot country. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of players who were born in the U.S., um, or born elsewhere and then moved to the U.S. Yeah. young, or even born in the U.S. but then moved elsewhere to play really young. So there's like a lot of decisions of like, ooh, should I play for the USA team or whatever teams? Sometimes mm. there's Spain. We have we have guys from our team from Spain, um, the Netherlands, like a bunch. So um, yeah, same rules apply to disc golf, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, Evelina Solonen also on the team. Albert Tam, Kristen Tatar. Um, I've never. Oh, this guy. Um, this guy just played in the uh, the event. It's his name is Knut or Nut. It's K N U T Valen Holland from Norway. Um, maybe Newt. Newt, maybe. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, but just took twelfth uh, at the Sula Open, so pretty okay. solid player. Uh, and then it has Seppu <clears throat> as a reserve and Henna Bloomroos. I love Seppu as a reserve as well. So that that roster, like I remember, even the last European Open, there were probably there was only a few names you recognized, and the other ones you kind of been like, oh yeah, I've heard that name before. But this like is a pretty stacked team. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so the way these players were each selected is basically there was the captain was selected by vote and then there'd be two women based on the year end UDISC world rankings four men based on those uh, year end rankings then there would be uh, one man based on the fan vote one man selected by a team captain and then um, another woman and man reserve player selected by year end rankings so that's kind of how everybody was picked um, and then for the format uh, it's kind of a unique format um, they're playing there's going to be two kind of nine hole sections there's gonna be a, a stroke play and a match play mm-hmm. um but the the way they're doing it it looks like they're only playing 
they're playing a loop so they're because they need two nine hole sections they're doing holes one through three nine through 11 and 16 through 18 Hmm. (laughs) yeah so i guess they just kind of picked out those spots that they like the most um but those are the holes they're going to do for both stroke play and match play they're going to be playing those nine holes um and the way it's going to work for the stroke play is there's going to be um there's going to be groups and then there's going to be lowest score of the group gets four points um second lowest gets two points third one point fourth zero points and then ties split the points um and then match play if you win your match you get three points uh a tie you get you each get one and a half um you know and so on and so forth so um there's going to be 52 points available for the President's Cup and 26 and a half points are required to win the President's Cup. Obviously, hmm. more than half. Um, very much a Ryder Cup format if you're familiar with golf. But I just wanted to bring attention to this because, like I said, I think a lot of people are maybe not even remembering that this is a thing that exists. But it's like really one of the coolest events in our sport that does have a good bit of history. They've been doing this since 2006. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. You're going to get to see. This is like... If there's a time to watch match play golf, this mm-hmm. is it. It's so it's so rare to get a chance to like, you know, obviously these disc golfers are out there on the road and they're kind of just playing, you know, for their companies that they represent, but really just to make their own living out there. You know, it's a really like, you know, dog eats dog world in the yeah. disc golf tour. But this is a time where they get to don their country or their continent and like play for their nation essentially mm-hmm. and like that's such it's a very rare, cool such a rare thing in sports and it's such an honor and like there's a lot of pride behind it and i think it's just gonna be it's a really entertaining event to watch i'd highly recommend looking up some previous events if you haven't uh it's just super cool and i'm, I'm really looking forward to it um but i talking since we've been talking so much about kind of the european tour uh, i wanted to get into it a little bit uh we actually got an email um, from a guy, let's see if I can pull up his name here. Um, Greg, Greg Snell. So he's a Canadian disc golfer living in Germany. And we, I guess we had kind of mentioned the Euro tours before on the podcast, but mm-hmm. we don't really know much about it. Cause we don't, you know, we, we've got a lot to follow just with the yeah. uh, pro tour and what's going on here that we don't really get to a chance. Like we know that the European disc golf scene is a big thing. And like, we know that there's some tours going on there, but he said, at the moment, they have two separate pro tours operating on the continent, both in their inaugural season. Hmm. So you have the Euro Pro Tour, which is run by the PDGA, and the European Pro Tour, which I guess is its um, own entity or run by somebody else. Um, and he's saying, there doesn't seem to be any media coverage on how these two tours are different or why there's even two pro tours in the first place. It seems like we're repeating a recent past where the U.S. had both a national tour and a disc golf pro tour. He said, it seems a bit counterproductive. I'm interested to hear your take. Interesting. So my thing is um, having two tours is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you saw how it worked out with the Pro Tour, which was the better tour eventually won out and just absorbed the other one. And that's how this usually works in sports. Then they're going to get too much power for the wrong reason. And then you're just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. And if one tour is being run by the PDGA, you know, that's a, little, that's a bit alarming because like, mm-hmm. you know, you know we saw what happened with the national tour. It eventually fizzled out. Um, so I think the foundation approach to this naturally, since we don't know anything about these tours, you know, this is, this is new to us and we're kind of new to the Euro tour. Maybe we're gonna have to start doing like a, a your Euro tour section of the podcast. I was like, well, let me go to both their websites, look around. And then we, I think we have to decide which Euro tour we're going to back. 
Okay, just off of first reactions to first, whatever you read on their websites. Yeah, just like first reactions. I love that. I love. I love first reactions. And then if we pick the wrong one, that's like somehow has a dirty money past or something, uh, very live golf style, then I apologize. And you can inform us in the comments and tell us why <laughs> you got to convince us why we need to switch to the other Euro yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah. All of our European listeners out there. So we're going to start with the PDGA Euro tour first. This one's actually called the Euro tour. Um, cool name. I like that. Um, I like the short and simple. Not there. much going on in their website about us page. So oof, we'll see. We'll see how that comes back. I feel like if you're a Europe, European tour and you're like want to gain some American fan base, like you should probably have a pretty good about us page. Does not look very exciting. Does not look very exciting. So it says because PD- like we don't know. So we, we need don't to know. know about you. Exactly. The PDGA Euro Tour is a highlight disc golf tour in Europe. Um, governed by Professional Disc Golf Association Europe. It is third professional disc golf tour in the world and first outside the USA. Not even really complete sentences there. Um, not great. Uh, but I mean, I have to say, like, as an American, like, I don't like the phrase governed by the PGA. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as an American, so... Oh, so the That's a negative there. The tournament schedules. Uh, we sound so. I sound so ignorant right now. <laughs> <laughs> so they played in uh, Croatia, then Scotland, then Denmark, Sweden, Latvia, Finland, Estonia, Norway, and Belgium. Um, so that is cool. Uh, I do like a lot of cool places. I do like that they really went all over Europe, um, but. There's not really a lot to be found out other than the fact that it's governed by... I mean, the logo is like kind of Jomez Pro-y. Hold on, let me find it for you. I feel you. like I'm looking at soccer, that, but it's just because of the other flags. That's their logo. It's not great. I don't like it. Yeah, it's a little boring. I don't um, like it. I don't like the logo. Yeah, so... That's it. I'm putting my foot down. I don't well, like Well, maybe I should see who their partners are. Maybe they have like some really cool... Just so everybody knows, this is visceral reactions to this. So no, this is this. I'm is, purposely just judging it off of the little bit of information I know. This is it. Mm, I'm not seeing anything exciting there. Okay, on to the next one. Um, we are going. This is the European Pro Tour. Um, not, Sounds nice. Not as cool as Euro Tour, but not as. I cool. like. I like Euro. That's a fun word. Mm-hmm. Uh, European is like, ah, oh, it's peeing, you know? Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, it has P in the word. Right. But the. Uh, That's tough. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, the About Us page on this one is a bit, <laughs> is a bit, a bit more detailed. Um, I do. I do promise that whichever tour it becomes like the tour over there. Like once they can figure it out and like choose one, then we'll we're all like, in, we'll get all in, but we're going to really back. We're gonna one be like, this one's so much cooler. It's got the word P in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, European pro tour. Uh, it says EPT, the elite level, the European pro tour is a new standard for top level disc golf events in Europe. Primary mission is to create a stage for the best disc golf athletes to show off their skills in Europe. To achieve this, the European pro tour events, we played at the best courses in Europe and are organized by experienced local crews with the help of years of experience from EPT organization. Still seeing some like that's clearly was not written in, in English. Um, type evidence. Some translation here. stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, so this is what they have. They've got elite event level events. They've got first class venues with challenging courses. High quality multi camera live coverage from all events. That's impressive. Yeah. MPO and FPO divisions with rating based and staged registration. So this is like Ooh. a mock 
DGPT basically, at least 5,000 euros added cash in every event. Tour bonus payout. Monday qualifier events for local heroes to grab a spot for the main event. I like that. That's, That's fun. Cool. Invitations That's cool. to the EPT All-Stars event for best players. Um, that was that made me excited. And also, this well, is... Well, there's just more information there to be excited about. What I'm now realizing is that this is seemingly, like literally... A, we have a mirror of the national tour like that looked kind of national tory to me and the dgpt so like is that really just like the same thing is happening in europe that happened here maybe there's like a little behind i don't know um so this is their events they played in denmark sweden finland estonia finland again and spain for the all-star event hmm. um so that's pretty electric i like to see a course in spain in Spain, yeah, yeah, I would think so. that would be pretty sick. It just sounds cool, but um, I mean, yeah. that, there's an that's an obvious answer right there. That I like that they said the way that we do that is by, and they explained like they basically put an argument as like this is why this tour is so good, and now meanwhile the Euro the Euro tour was like. We are the Euro Tour. Basically. What I will say is the Euro Tour, the PCS uh, Open was part of the Euro Tour, so that mm. was like a crossover with between the Pro Tour and the Euro Tour. Oh, interesting. so is the Pro Tour taking sides? The Pro Tour and the Euro because tour? the Pro Tour was a oh, silver it's like the series. US Pro Tour. Yeah, gotcha. it was a silver series, and also mm. it was technically a Euro Tour event. I will say I love. I love that. I wish more players would play. Like, I hope the Euro Tour gets big because. In golf, um, it's now right now it's called like the DP World Tour, but it's the the European Tour in golf. Like you'll see players cross over to play events uh, sometimes, and like it's really fun seeing unique courses that you don't normally get to see. Uh, so I like the partnership going on. It's interesting. I'm guessing the PDGA tie to the Euro Tour is what led the uh, the Sula Open uh, Silver Series kind of collab going on because the PDGA and the Pro Tour are already kind of in cahoots. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I guess best of luck to the European Pro Tour. Should we, I mean, I guess now if we choose to back the European Pro Tour, we might be taking, we're taking kind of a stand. And that's <laughs> tough. I like taking stands. I know you do, but I'm scared. Ooh, like do they both stands. have merch? Because that could be huge. Ooh, that's really big. That's huge. Okay, hold on. There's a shop for this one I saw it at the bottom of the screen this is big so this is the store okay if oh, are they just, oh I want a disc I want a European well, tour is all, if all they have is stamped discs that's not very cool but, but it's kind of cool it's kind of cool I think that's all they have but it's kind of cool Who? what is this the European this is the European Pro this Tour this is the European Pro Tour they have some custom stamped discs it looks like I'm not seeing merch though Let's see, but does the Euro Tour have merch? If they, I don't. If they do. It's gonna have any. that logo on there. I, I don't like the I logo. I don't see any. Um, so that is tough. It if is. You designed the logo, and you're listening to this. I do apologize. It is important to mention. I love it. That Jakob, who uh, just took second at Sula, is number one right now in the Euro Tour hmm. over Thomas Gilbert. Apparently. Um, okay. So I guess he is pretty dominant, but yeah, I I mean I think I think we might have to stand up for the European Pro Tour. I'm here's going what, European. Here here's what I want. <laughs> here's what I want to hear from the European <laughs> listeners and anybody who's like really in tune with this scene because obviously we're not. I mean this was just brought to our attention. We don't usually cover this, but 
how do you feel about the tours going on? Uh, give us like, give us like the rundown of each one and like why each one is good and bad, uh, and which one you hope it reigns supreme. Cause like, and like, is it like a rivalry? You know, oh, I'm sure like, there is. There's I want to hear about it. Like what's gonna the stigma, be, what's the stigmatism towards each side? You know, there's, there's going to be supremacy eventually for one of them. Like that's just how this has to work. Right. Like we can't have, I stand for the European tour. I they've been good okay. to me. They've always been good to me. Okay. Maybe, I think maybe they'll fly you out to the Spain All Star event in November. If you talk them that, up enough, that would be very cool. Well, I don't, I don't even know how to talk them up more than I am right now. I think that they are the best tour in existence. It says even though it's in November, don't be fooled by November. This event takes place in. Uh, Translated English, the sunny coast where summer is present Ooh. all year round. Ooh, I mean, that's beautiful. I, I all those signs are pointing to the European Pro Tour versus the Euro Tour, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, I feel like I need to hear from the people that are more involved than myself. Uh, but with that being said, I do back them fully and will die before <laughs> I change that opinion. Um, but anyways, moving on from the Euro- if there's ever like a ever like a civil war going on over there between the two, like we will fight. <laughs> yeah, Trevor and I will we, be the drummer boys can, front line. We can probably draw up some pretty good like media propaganda for one yeah, of the, for one of the sides. Definitely if we have to. I'd imagine. I think we should just um, start doing that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> give us a, just give us enough. And we'll run with it. Um, but moving away from Europe, back to the home of the brave, um, back to the American soil. We had Amen. we were we were in Charleston. <laughs> Um. Yep. The Holy City. It I was think it's called that, right? It was humid. It is called the Holy City. I'm not sure. Do you know why? Nope. I just I'm saw sure it on a lot either. of billboards. Um, I saw it on a lot of billboards as well. We were there for a whole week. Um, basically, had the we hosted an event that our um, fearless leader and boy genius Hunter Thomas <laughs> came up with. Um, everybody just met that idea with just astounding support when as soon as it was announced. Um, it was called the Creators Cup. It was the first annual Very Creators cool. Cup. First of um, its kind. Yeah. So, yeah, never been done ever. In disc golf, true. Yes, first um, of its kind in disc golf. So we basically invited a bunch of other disc golf YouTubers down to Charleston. I know you've probably been seeing uh, stuff on social media about it. We're not going to spoil anything because the videos are going to be rolling out this, this week. week. Yep. Uh, so you're gonna Tomorrow. Get, yeah. You're going to start. And the next day. And, and the, the next, next day, day. <laughs> yeah. so you're going to see a lot of different content from different YouTubers surrounding that trip. Uh, it was a ton of fun hanging out with them. Uh, we also opened a store down there. If you're near Charleston, make sure to check that out. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, Foundation um, Charleston. So the yeah. two two owners, sweetest guys, so awesome. Big, Love yeah. them. Yeah, everybody Avery we met Dylan, down there was awesome. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so we can't really spoil anything, but I, I'd like to ask a few questions to you about the Charleston trip. Number one question being, let's do a, let's do a, I think we should do a power ranking of the courses that we visited. I know you didn't play all of them, but at least you, no, yeah, you definitely got an idea of all of yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. So we, the courses that we, uh, went to while we were there, we went to this one called Park Circle a lot. Uh, we went a to lot. a private course called SOAC. We went to Trophy Lakes, and we went to uh, one that's called Naval Weapons because it's at a, a Navy base. Um, I believe that's it. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. ready for my ranking. Okay, go ahead. Should I start start from the bottom? Yeah, definitely. Bottom is going to be uh, Naval. Okay. Good course. It just felt like a local course. Yeah. There's, there. It was a very, very good local park course. Yes. That's what it felt like. That's all I have to say about it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, <clears throat> actually gave me a very very charlotte vibes 
very tight wooded holes okay that were like shorter holes yeah um and then next i'm gonna have to say park circle uh i liked park circle if i lived near there like so like everybody else that lives there yeah if i lived there i'd play it a lot yeah, everybody plays Park Circle. Very it's the most easy to play. Course I've ever seen. It's super unique. Um, should we kind of explain? Yeah. Like what it was like? So basically, yeah. there's this huge roundabout traffic circle. It's it's probably like massive. A it, well, quarter it's, it's mile a, or a half mile. It's point three miles to go around it. Yes. Okay. Point three miles to go around the whole traffic circle. I believe is what it said. And this disc golf. So the center is all fenced up because they're they're building something there right now yeah like a 20 million dollar development project but on the outside of the circle um there is a disc golf course that plays around the entire road that is that is the traffic circle so there's like different islands of land and each hole is basically on a different island some islands have two holes and so between almost each hole you're walking across the street to the next island and it's a miracle that hundreds of people don't die a day out there. It but is wild. You're literally crossing a busy road like and every And if, you, every if that drive is on your commute to work, your insurance should be more expensive <laughs> because you should, because. And yet somehow. We didn't see a single car get hit by a disc. Yeah. At one point, Hunter threw this forehand and I swear if this guy looked out of his passenger window, he would see a disc flying next to his car because he threw his forehand that went over the road and they rode together side by side parallel for like 50 feet and then the forehand faded and the car kept on going pretty obviously incredible. it was it was awesome but very it was a fun course like yeah there's a lot of vibes at parks i don't really have any problems with it it, it was fun because no was, bad holes yeah it was just like a, it's a good time course it's really short and easy but like you're never gonna not have fun playing disc golf mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. uh so uh that yeah that's gonna be my number three I have a very hard time between Trophy Lakes and SOAC. Mm-hmm. So me and Trophy Lakes have a lot of nostalgia. It's my favorite course in the world. Um, not because it's the best course in the world, just because I like, it's like a tradition for my family to whenever we go visit Charleston, which is frequently for me and my dad and my brother-in-law to go play Trophy Lakes. Absolutely love that course. But SOAC, I'm a huge fan of. It was awesome. And I loved the community around SOAC a lot. The course design, I felt like it was a very well-designed course. Um, I think I'm going to have to go, and I'm basing this off of the fact that uh, at Trophy Lakes, you have Trophy Lakes whites and blues. Never mind, I'm swapping it. I'm saying mm. Trophy Lakes 2, I'm going SOAC 1. Okay. that's because Just because course-wise, I'm just going to play the course. Yeah. I'm choosing Trophy Lakes. I think Trophy Lakes is more fun to play. Mm. Also, you can choose between whites, which is an easy course that's very fun, and you still play some intense water holes. It's super cool. Or blues, which will kick your freaking butt very and make you put your tail between your legs very yeah. easily. But it's super fun as well, though. Very, very fun. Just the course, I'm choosing that. But I'm not. I can't just choose course. I have to go with the actual. I can't just go with the holes. I have to go with the whole course. Yeah. And I think the community between the two, SOAC has such a good community around it. And the the people that run that course are passionate about disc golf. Yeah. While at Trophy Lakes, it's not a disc golf compound. No. It's a it's a it's a skiing lake. It's not and there's super these well water kept. things that go on. And so all the money that they get in does not go to the disc golf course. Yeah. Still an incredible disc golf course. Again, I will still continue to play there at least once a year, but I, I'm going to have to go SOAC because also Carson's uncle, what, Greg, is that his name? Yeah. 
that that runs the whole chorus Cole, yeah super nice guy and yeah. they've got such a great community of just like just such friendly people out there i don't think that that could be beat so. well i'm i actually worked out because mine would have been exactly the same i thought that trophy lakes from the whites was was like fine uh, from the blues was a really really like tough course but super well designed but soac for me was more fun and i have to i am always going to bias a little bit more for like the amount of fun i have at a course and mm-hmm. i had more fun at i had more fun at soac um just more more like a lot of a lot of the trophy lakes to me was a little bit repetitive it was like okay low ceiling you have a choice to clear the water or lay up some of the water carries were a little bit more unique but and that's mostly because the property is kind of repetitive because it's like mm-hmm. indent of water indent of water like yeah. it just goes like that yeah. um but it was a good course and but so was yeah it was it's always fun like seeing private disc golf properties if you're ever in the area you got you have to contact um greg to get on that course but i would highly recommend trying to because it's it's very good and they're still working on it they're still fine-tuning things and, and fi- fixing things and they're up. very passionate about it and whenever people yeah. are passionate about something it makes me passionate about something yeah and that course at soak is only taking up 45 acres of the 120 and they're going to put another one on there. So that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Charleston in general was uh, an amazing time. I'm, I'm really, I think everybody's going to really enjoy the content. You know, you're going to get to find out who won the first annual creators cup. Yeah. Um, it was There's a lot of good. Content it was absolutely thrilling. Week. Yeah. All the creators are awesome. Oh, my other question was, uh, which creator surprised you the most talent wise? talent-wise like how good they were at disc golf because like this is i think everybody there like all the creators towards us and towards us towards other people were all like surprised at people yeah like oh my gosh like you take them out of their setting on youtube like for us a lot of people like especially for hunter who um is is really good in a tournament setting people are like wow you take him away from like the funny disc golf and like the guy can really play i think everybody was very surprised by hunter yeah um but then just because Hunter and Trevor don't always look like they're that great at disc golf in the videos because we're doing silly stuff. Yeah. But and then, then all of a sudden yeah. it gets real. But yeah. And then um, g- going the other way, like there was a lot of creators that like I didn't know like how good they were because like I've yeah. never seen them in person. And mm-hmm. It's tough to know on YouTube. So who was like your my surprise, I think, was Robbie C. I, so I've got. Do you have anything to say about that? I, I Robbie C is really solid. And like I. Cause I knew Molt, I knew Molt was like pretty good. So he didn't surprise me with how solid he played. Um, and everybody else, I don't think like no, anybody shocked me. Um, but Robbie C is like, is pretty legit. He knows what he's doing out there. I didn't know he had the ultimate background and that that's a game changer. People who yeah. have the ultimate background are good. Yeah. So I was going to say, first of all, I was surprised by a lot of people. Uh, I was not surprised by Molt. I knew he was good. Yeah. So he played as I expected him to, which is just really good. He's yeah. he's very good. Danny Lindahl, one of the smoothest throws I've ever seen. Yeah, not surprised S- by Danny. So smooth. Because I knew, Slow, smooth, I smooth, knew Danny would be good. Yeah, he's very good. Um, but the people I was surprised by, uh, Chantel, Miss Frisbees. Oh, yeah. One of the best putters there. Yeah. She was an, an incredible putter. Whenever mm. we watched, she made some insane putts. Um David from uh, Apollo Disc Golf. Yeah, he was sneaky good. He was sneaky good. Yeah. He was very sneaky good. Uh, I think he was kind of under the radar, but yeah. he was sneaky good. Um, and then um, who else am I thinking of? Uh, I knew Mikey from Overthrow could throw far. 
I, I, yeah. I play with him often, so like he didn't surprise me at all. Um, and uh, but I think my overall answer is is Robbie C. Yeah, because I kind of thought Robbie C's playing was more sporadic, and like I knew he was really good at teaching disc yeah. golf, but also I kind of I kind of assumed the position of those who can't do teach. Yeah. Um. No, he like and yeah, he he. His but knowledge like, of disc golf surprised me as his, well. All the videos that he makes of like shot shot selection, disc selection, getting out of your head, he does it actively on the course. Like it's because he's figured it out. That's why he makes videos about it. Yeah. And like you see him do that and it's like he's crazy. And also he cannot miss a putt. Yeah. So it's so crazy. You're good. Yeah. Creators Cup. We had a lot of talent there. It, it was up, the most exciting, some of the most exciting rounds of was, disc golf I've ever epic. filmed. Yeah. Very it close. Very epic. You're going to want to watch it. So be looking And obviously to a bunch of disc golf, pers- like YouTube personalities. Yeah. So it was all the energy the was yeah. electric. <laughs> a lot of energy. <laughs> a lot of shouting. Every video that comes from this Charleston trip <laughs> is going to have some insane I mean, we levels. were the least outgoing people there. The, yeah. The crowds were pretty <laughs> Straight crazy. up. We were the least outgoing people there. Yeah. And so that's, if that tells you anything. Be prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty nice. You're gonna need to take a shot of monster before you yeah. before you watch those videos yeah, just to match the energy. It's gonna be tough to beat. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and finish up now with some trivia. Um, we're gonna play Price is Right because uh, I know it's one of your better games. I do. Lo- I like the Price is Right a lot. Um, so today I've got let's see one two three four five six different discs. Um, I'll give you a price range because I think that makes it more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, these ones range from fifty to one fifty. Okay, um, it's not too bad. And let's 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 see. I, I, what are what are, if you, in that price range? Six different discs. Like on average, how how many points do you think you should be able to stay within to win? Like so, just give yourself an average per disc of dollar amount that you should stay within. And then, average per disc, right? And then we'll just multiply that by six, and that'll be your total. Oh, fifty to one fifty. I would hope I can get within fifty. Uh, yeah, that'd be a little <laughs> too easy. Uh, let's just say, like, what's not too easy? I feel like fifteen. All right, that's what I was gonna say. Fifteen. Would be tough. Yeah. So let's say fifty. So you're gonna get ninety is your forgiveness. Is okay. What you get for okay, all okay, six okay. discs. Uh, that's gonna be really <laughs> that's, tough. That's really tough. I'm okay. Let's with make it, it an even hundred. All right, all right. And let's see how far you get into it. Yeah. So the first item on the list, we have a brand new 2012 one-time world champion Rock Three. This mm. one in particular had a little bit of fly dye on it, although I don't know how it really matter with the value. One-time world champ Rock Three. Never thrown. Never thrown. Brand new. Not as much as it should be worth. Yeah. I'm going to say $55. It was $50. So that was very, very good. Good start. Only $5 lost there. That was that was a great start. I was going to say 50 but I wanted to be a little more <laughs> absurd and say 55 That was a great start. Next, we have a brand new 2020 Tour Series Z Luna. These were like the Swirl Z ones. $75. 72 wow dream start <laughs> dream start right now i feel very confident about both oh of those oh my gosh that was insane i was like what did you see it or something i promise you i didn't see gracious. it gracious well you're only eight i mean you're well on your way now next we have a brand new cloud breaker three now these are the newest ones they just did so they're in the latitude plastic one i threw into texas 
pond. 50 to 150. Yeah. I don't think these are going to be worth that much because they're going to make more, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but so I said 50. So we already had 50 and we had 72. I'm going to put this one, this one somewhere in the middle and go 65. $60. I'm on fire right now. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? This is, this is impressive. You only got three to are you, go. Are you joking me? No. Okay. This you is, only got three to go. It sounds like a typical prank No, here. it's not a prank. I, if it was, I'd be saying you got them all right because that'd be way more funny. <laughs> yeah. That would be uh, funny. Next, we have a 2020 brand new Saki Bomb Pro Pig. Saki Bomb Pro Pig. Worth a little more because he's not with Innova anymore. Um, so, Saki Bomb Pro Pig. One hundred dollars, seventy-five dollars. Mm, that one hurt You're me. Okay, a though. You're at thirty-eight dollars, and you have two to go. I keep. On, I, I really felt like I couldn't say one that I already said, then, but that doesn't make any sense. They could be the same amount of money. Next, we have a brand new S line P two with the Paul Macbeth three times signature on there. Ooh, with Innova pen penned with the Innova P two. So if it was any other original Dismania. I would probably be disappointed with how little, but since it's a P2 and everybody's hyped about the P2, I think this one could be valued properly. I don't think it's 50. I think it's somewhere between 70 and 120, and I'm going to stick with $100 to be safe. It's $135. Okay. Okay. That's not awful. No. One disc to go, and you're at 73 right now. Which means, if my math is correct, you have 27 of forgiveness. Okay. So keep that in mind. All right. This last item is a brand new S-Line PD with the Freak stamp. For all the marbles. $85. It was $60. Oh! So you win. Oh, I do? Yeah, you had 27 of forgiveness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 98. A, yeah, you stayed yeah. under 100. That was incredible oh we started off real hot there well i mean that's wow that was impressive i think you are you are really good at like all the games we play on here you do dominate the prices right you play very that well is, that i way. i i like the prices right with every category in yeah life. i just enjoy it maybe I, I don't ever i don't think i've ever watched the show the price is right but i think i should go on it maybe <laughs> are they still running prices right i don't even know i don't know but i want them to bring I it used back to watch for it me. a lot it's like daytime television. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of Grip Lock. Hopefully, I beat Hunter today. You beat Hunter. Yeah, because he great. didn't even show up. That's awesome. Um, hopefully DNF. you enjoyed. Make sure you're watching. It'll be Wednesday when we do the preview show for the European Open because we got another major coming up. Um, that's I'm exciting. I'm not 100% sure on the watch party situation. If you're interested, because I think... So, finish time is seven hours ahead of us where they're going to be playing the European Open, which I haven't seen... I know that the tea times say the last one's going to be at 3 p.m., and I'm assuming that's their time, not ours. Uh, well, it has to be. So that would mean they'd be teeing off at 10 o'clock at night here. So if you're still interested in a watch party and you want to see Hunter and I, at the very least, with like trying to pump our bodies with caffeine until 2 in the morning, <laughs> um, make sure to... I don't know why I explained it like that, because now, of course, everyone wants to see it. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> make sure to comment uh, if you're interested in... in Please don't lie, because if you say you're interested and you don't show up, we're going to be offended. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be offended. <laughs> but be offended um, for you. yeah, so there may be a watch party. That's tentative. Um, but 
yeah, the majors coming up. Also be on the lookout for all of the content that's dropping this week. There's going to be extra videos, um, not just on our channel, but on other channels uh, that were involved in the Creators Cup. So you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, but other than that, I believe that's it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed this reduced cast version of Grip Locked. Obviously, <laughs> it's not the same, but we try to get all the necessary info out to you. And next week, we'll have our precious fearless leader back, Hunter. Love that guy. And, and I mean, Ben, pretty soon he's going to have a baby and we're going to lose him again. So <laughs> just just buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time.